You're listening to Gamer Podcast. I'm Eric from the Gamer.com editing team, and today we're talking about all the biggest news stories like new Splinter Cell rumors, God of War on PC, the Netflix walkout, the Xbox fridge, and Dead by Daylight NFTs, and an interview with Guardians of the Galaxy art director Bruno Gauthier LeBlanc. Let's go! Welcome to the show. I have so many great gamers here today, including Stacey Hamley. Hello. Andrew Sheeran. Hello. George Foster. Hello. And Dave Breens. You're right. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Uh, let's cover the news from the week, our top stories. Uh, first things first, everybody's been talking about it, everybody's excited. New Splinter Cell from Ubisoft, possibly in development. That's a big possible. Who's our Splinter Cell stands? Our SCSs. Crickets. <laughs> no one. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. I've played a bit of Splinter Cell. <laughs> okay, good. Stacy, perfect. You're the expert. <laughs> uh, okay, For, why did Splinter Cell go away uh, and never come back? That's uh, that's a good question. I think it was one of those um, stealth titles that people really loved, and yet no one bought. Um, yeah, there's quite a few games like that on the market. I guess not on the market anymore. Everyone claims to have loved them, but nobody went and bought them, so now they don't make them anymore. And now you're really angry that no one's making them, but they sold like seven copies last time. So <laughs> what are you gonna do? You know, there's a lot of Splinter Cells, and as far as I know, they're all well-received. They're all, like, high-scoring games. Like, it's interesting that people like them, and they're good, but nobody's buying them? Well, yeah, I, th I think the reason for that is, like, in the, in the name of Ubisoft, you know? Like, if they can't turn it into an open-world massive, you know, chuck stuff on chuck stuff on a map and follow all the little, like, exclamation marks, like, what are they going to... Why are they interested in it? And Splinter Cell is going to be one of those that's really hard to translate to anything but a linear stealth experience, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, I I have to assume that if they're making, if if they are making a new one, then it's going to be completely different from Blacklist, which that we got eight years ago or whatever. Like y Ubisoft is a very different company these days, right? Like they're not going to make anything that they can't. Uh, 
recharge people for that they can't endlessly monetize, right? Or am I being cynical? No, you're being spawn. I don't know. They, I think Ubisoft have this reputation well earned of making these big, colossal games that are just endless patches of nothing and occasionally like, ooh, a feather. That gives you 10% extra stabbiness. Um, but, you know, they're making, allegedly, Prince of Persia. I, I will believe it when I see it. But, I don't know. In, Ubisoft are just doing everything. They're doing, like, ec- XD, XD Defiant and Hyperscape. They have so many different things that they're making that I'm not sure Ubisoft has <laughs> that identity I just anymore. remembered X Defiance. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know what they're not making, though? They're not making Rayman. They should be making Rayman. Where's my Rayman rumor? Come on, Ubisoft! George, you can't turn every single segment into a Rayman segment. I could try. <laughs> if Ubisoft's not going to let me, I can, I can damn well try. The thing about Splinter Cell, and I think what makes Splinter Cell so uh, special is that it's the only uh, Tom Clancy game with a character in it, like like with That's a with, like with a guy with a story, like with an identity that like people like. Like Far Cry has some. I know that's not Tom Clancy, but like Far Cry has some villains. But yeah. but Splinter Cell's the only game that is like has a character. Do you think they'll bring and back they, Sam Fisher? Like he's quite old now in canon. I, I, they can't. I don't know. know the story, so but I would assume you would have to, right? He's Re- in. A, he's in Rainbow Six. Sam Fisher. Like not yeah. just a skin, but like I don't know if it's canonical, but the actual Sam Fisher with. All of the Splinter Cell stuff. He's exists. in Ghost Recon Wildlands. There's a whole DLC pack. He's really it. old in that one, though. They didn't even comment on it. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think anybody's too worried about the canon of Splinter <laughs> Cell. <laughs> I could be wrong. No, someone not. somewhere is. It's a thing that exists. So someone somewhere cares far too much about it. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, re- returning franchises. I, everybody loves IP, right? So yeah. it's good reason to get excited. <laughs> Breeze, Breeze loves IP. He talks about IP every day. That devastated me then. Hit me in my core. <laughs> uh, Splinter Cell's cool. I, I tried to play Splinter Cell when I was a kid and I couldn't. I was really bad at it. But mm-hmm. uh, you actually said that Blacklist came out eight years ago and uh, I had a little crisis because I actually reviewed that. And Oh, Lord. I don't I'm know sorry. what happened in that time. I'm I was still in sat school. in the same room. No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't in high school. Eight years George, ago, Dave. George, yeah. George was in middle school. Eight years ago, Dave. You were my age now. <laughs> this is my favorite. <laughs> can we just record Dave's reactions? I know nobody else that listens can see them, but if we I could just... just see Dave while everyone talks. <laughs> They're not very happy uh, looks. Sorry about that, Dave. I think it's important uh, at this point to point out that uh, this is going to be Dave's last episode with the gamer, so all of this anguish is like ten times better <laughs> once you know that. He's starting of old age, apparently. Uh, Splinter Cell's good. I'm sorry. Uh, I liked Blacklist anyway. Blacklist was fun. I, liked, I remember talking to a guy in CEX and I was like, yeah, it was pretty good. And he said, I didn't like it. It wasn't proper Splinter Cell. And I was like, Oh, conviction's really good. Conviction's really fun. <laughs> yeah, conviction and uh, blacklist were like the two modern ones before they gave up. <laughs> kind of like Deus Ex. 
Ugh. they made two modern ones and then gave up. We'll see. Uh, God of War is coming to PC. This got announced today as we're recording it, but you've all known for a couple days. And this is great news, and nobody's going to be weird about it. Nobody's upset. <laughs> <laughs> There's no gamers smashing their PlayStations on Twitter today. Over they it. love IP. <laughs> they, they do love Dude. IP. Oh boy, they love IP. Um, listen, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straight. I'm gonna play it straight for once. If you're mad about this, fuck you. That's it. <laughs> if if you have if there's any reason that you're upset that there's a video game on a computer, just fuck off. Like your opinions don't matter. Really? Seriously, your opinions don't matter. Thanks for listening to the Gamer Podcast. We'll see you next week. Um, yeah, I mean, is that even worth digging into? Why are people mad? We know why people are mad, right? Anybody want to argue for being mad? Anybody really up a play of this? I'm mad that I won't be able to run it as well now. I'm mad that like my version's not going to be as good, but I'm not actually mad. I think I'm just devil's advocate there. Devil's advocate. Well, that's wait, the worst phrase. There's, there's, <laughs> a, there's a PS5 um, like upgrade for God of War. Yeah, but yeah. PS5 doesn't do ultra wide, does it? So it's always going to be like. Ooh, no, it don't. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's does it do PS5 doesn't do ultra wide. It's pointless. Don't even bother. Don't even bother. Straight to the bin, PlayStation 5. Devil's advocate. <laughs> it's totally not ultra wide. It's not like someone's taken it away. It's not like it, it had like one ultra wide and so you taken it off PlayStation. The devil only plays in 21 by 9. <laughs> I played. Horizon on PC in 32 by 9, and it was a religious experience. Uh, It changed my life. Every game afterward has been worse than that game. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I even wrote, like, Horizon Zero Dawn was meant to be played in 32 You did, yeah, we can link that, because I remember reading that feature a while ago. What wasn't the port quite a, like... Some people had quite a few issues. I know everyone has issues with something, but I remember seeing quite a lot of Horizon things. It's been out for a while. I waited like nine months or so, and they had patched it up real good. Real, real good. I had no no issues, except for the normal Super Ultraoid stuff, like where when you ro- when you stand next to a wall and rotate the camera, you can see straight through it. There's a mm. lot of fun stuff you can do with a <laughs> Super Ultraoid monitor. Anyway. I, I would never know. I would never know. I'm going to play so God many- of War in Super Ultraoid. And that's my my right and my privilege as a <laughs> as a PC gamer. <laughs> Is it your first time playing it, Eric? No. Okay, good. No, I've I I probably I've played it three times now. I bet I don't know all the way what? through, but amazing game. Amazing yeah, game. Dave doesn't like God of War, and I'll Dave doesn't like. I was going to avoid mentioning that in his last. Whoa. Okay, Dave, go on. Why don't you like God of War? Go on. I don't even need to say it. Stacy, help me out. <laughs> Stacey, I, do you not like God of War? Uh, God of War came out in the same year as a lot of other much better games. And I think it's unfairly lumped in with, oh, it's as good as Red Dead Redemption 2 just because it came out a couple of weeks earlier. And it's better than Red Dead Redemption 2. It's not. It's, it's nowhere near better. as good as Red Dead Redemption 2. It's not as good as Spider-Man. It's not as good as Celeste. 
It's a very good game that gets lumped in with the 2018. How has it become about me? I think it's a good game. She doesn't like it. Just a minute. I don't like it either. I mean, I just like the snake. You gotta be What's going on? Majority rules. What? Upside down world how, is this? How am I on George's team on this? <laughs> okay, my turn. My turn. Kratos is really boring. And by the way, I was saying Thank this you. to Jade earlier and she was agreeing with me. Kratos, most boring dude. Angry what? man. Oh, but he has, he's like a dad and he feels things and he misses his ex-wife. Like the guy you, in Ambient. Get out of here. You haven't okay. played up to the bit with the wine. The wine bit is... Listen, listen, Chef I played kids. it for about 10 hours and I made about four hours of progress in any other game. It was ridiculous because every fight lasts twice as long as it should. You just so get a good. field of mobs and you take out the field of mobs and then Atreus is like, oh no, more are coming. And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> I have to play this more? Eric, are you hearing this? Are you hearing this? He's doing it. At least in The Last of Us Part 2. At least in The Last of Us Part 2, when you kill a bunch of guys, you just keep walking. In God of War, it's like, time for more guys! No. <laughs> Angry dad. I don't even have... I don't even have... I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. Sorry that there, I'm sorry there's combat in this video game. <laughs> it's not the combat that annoys me. I, I think the combat's fine. The combat's quite good. It's the uh -huh. rest of it. It's the it's it's the incredible art and the score and just in a lane. So I, I am going to go in. It's it's just it's just twenty hours of walking in a straight lane. And I go with the now now the lane's a river. Now it's a mountain. Now it's a tree. Where do you go? Straight ahead. Oh, thanks. But the feelings. The George, feelings. No, no. George, you cried adverts for like Walker's Crisp. I'm not interested <laughs> in what feelings you have. I have a lot. It's of really feelings. unfair that George is my ally in this. It's really unfair to me. I think we should remind our listeners that we did a, a half year game of the year. And I think something really stupid won because of George's opinions. Uh... Was it the world ends with you? I feel like we, it was, it was. we made the world ends with you our half of the year game of the year. It was. Because of George's opinion. I needed to have been on that. You got. Yeah. We did a we did a round robin where everybody got to pick between Forgotten two games. and didn't win. That was knocked out. It takes two was knocked out, but one snap was knocked out. Oh, Pokemon Snap to be. Persona Strikers was in there. Yeah, Monster Hunter. Anyway, Monster no Monster Hunter did not make the cut. I'm so sorry. What the? F but you know what? It's coming to PC in January. So it qualifies for the 2022. Okay. Uh, <laughs> We're never gonna agree on God of War, so let's talk about something we all agree sucks. Dead by Daylight's NFTs. I bought twelve. <laughs> <laughs> let's know about your investment. <laughs> when we heard about Dead by Daylight's NFTs, uh, first we all went, "What the fuck?" And then second, we went, "I don't get it." And then andrea dug into it for i don't know andrea five hours it was a long time and i feel like i learned nothing i yeah. knew no more about it than when i began so <laughs> tell us tell us what everyone doesn't know okay what is everybody so i mean i guess the the line still seems really confusing for people just kind of reading and passing but it's not uh, so it, it's not something that behaviors like oh selling an nft in their game um, it's 
behavior works, you know, with all of these companies, they get the license to create the model and then they give the model back to the company to do whatever they want with, they say, for every every single collaboration. And they give them tons of keys to give out. And what they do with those keys is up to them. Um, they first said that they don't support NFTs or whatever it may be in like a week before the news really came out. And then they said, we've collaborated for months on this project right. with, with these people. <laughs> Um, and so it, it seems like a lot of conflicting stuff is going on. So they've been working for it, on it for months. And then some people at the company did not know it was happening and they're pissed. Um, so it's this other thing that is separate using Dead by Daylight's model that they have the rights to selling the NFT and Dead by Daylight helped because they made the model. The, oh man. <laughs> And so, you may or may not get the game whenever you open your NFT or whatever the hell you do with it. Right click, save as. I don't know. Okay. This is what, this is what I want to say about this. Because you know what? Generally speaking, however people want to spend their money, I don't mm -hmm. care. Because I, if anybody talked to me about the way I spend my money, I would be very upset. What if they wanted to buy a PlayStation exclusive on the PC? <laughs> <laughs> well, then I would smash my PlayStation. Obviously, <laughs> stupid question. Uh, but, okay, here's what I want to say about this. Uh, your players are upset mm -hmm. about this uh, controversial uh, NFT that's being sold. And your response to that is, look... They gave us a bunch of money. We gave them assets. Whatever they do is their business. Is not the defense that you think it is. That's not that is not how you play off that to your customers, right? Like Right. If you knew about the if if you knew um when you're when you're signing this partnership, whatever obligates you to to work with them on this collaboration to create the model and whatever variants are for the model. And there are special like voice recordings for the NFT model apparently too that were recorded separately. Like if you knew about all of this stuff and agreed to this partnership, like obviously I don't, I don't know the the secret dealings of, of yeah. how it all went down or agreements. Um, but I just I think that burning up every bit of goodwill you have may not be worth having pinhead. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What, what are those exclusive lines? Like, what, what does that mean? Uh, so it, it's not clear, I guess, yet, like what those exclusive lines are. But we do know, too. And uh, what is the company called? Uh, it's like... I don't Behavior? know, some garbage NFT company. Oh. No, no, no. no. The, the, the people distributing... Um, the actual nft it's garbage nft company but anyway um their whole thing is no that the the voice lines that were taken out of dead by daylight when the game actually came when the the expansion came out is that they weren't taken out for the nft but they're mm. still not back in the actual game so all these voice lines that people loved in the beta are gone here george i got the voice lines let me queue it up i'm gonna dare your skin off and have sex with you <laughs> <laughs> from from the second film, right? Goodbye, everyone. Yeah, that's from Hellraiser too. <laughs> I I I don't know. The the very next day we got uh, saw NFTs, but they wouldn't say NFT. Yeah. Like you had to guess what it was, but it, like that's <laughs> obviously what it was. Like they're. <laughs> I don't. 
I don't know. Like I, there's a, there's a thing called like the Twitter hive mind. And like, just because everyone on Twitter hates something doesn't mean mm-hmm. like the, the rest of the world does, you know? And I, yeah. I, I know that and I accept that. And just because everyone on Twitter is like, NFTs are like uh, evil and a pyramid scheme doesn't mean that they're not like making tons of money and people aren't actually investing in these things. But uh, I'm still going to make fun of them and I still don't want them in my video games. I don't care how much money they're making. That's not really the point, right? Like pyramid schemes make money. That's what they do. Hmm. The fact that it's like successful or like people are paying attention to it does not legitimize it to me. Mm-hmm. And I just don't uh, see the and, point putting in my video games certainly doesn't legitimize it to me. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just going to be the boomer about this one. There's a lot of like right wing nonsense too. Whenever you like kind of go down the rabbit hole um, with this company and a a lot of good um, content creators I found kind of explained it. Um, But a lot of people involved with that company too. I, I mean, it's very obviously it's like, you know, one guy's on there, like pay me like hundreds of dollars and I will, send you this seminar i did about nfts for 30 minutes it's like that's a scam like it's 100 yeah. a scam <laughs> like it's are you all a me? scam it's all speculative like bullshit and mm-hmm. i guess i'm sensitive to it because like uh in media i just get bombarded with nft emails all day every day like i have to sift through so much nft crap yeah please don't send us them don't email me about NFTs. I'm never, ever going to write about it. I'm never going to, like, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> so anyway, this has been an NFT talk. We're going to start an NFT podcast, Me and Brains, <laughs> to talk about oh, our yeah. favorite IPs. <laughs> <laughs> I love IP. Have you heard about One Piece? The Neopets one. <laughs> Hold on. We're talking about One Piece later. Oh, Okay, George, your time to shine. Let's We're do gonna it. talk about DC, DC Fandome. Oh yes, Fandome. Fandome. Why is okay? Can we start there? <laughs> Go on. Is it was it supposed to be in a dome before the pandemic, or what's the deal? Uh, I always presumed it was just a pun like fandom, and yeah, I get the fandom part, but what's the dome part? <laughs> <laughs> the fandom part is the part I get. What's the dome part? Uh. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's like the way they spell it out is um, they separate it in the middle, like FD, like they uh-huh. do DC. I- I'm literally just guessing. I've just talked okay. so much crap in those like 10 seconds. <laughs> but... uh, all right. D- DC fandom was four hours long. Mm-hmm. It was excruciating. Mm-hmm. There was a 20 minute Supergirl panel in the middle of it, among uh, a lot of other things that probably should have been broken off to be their own show. But. Throughout those four hours, we did get a lot of new trailies. That's what I call trailers. <laughs> um, we saw Suicide Squad and we saw Gotham Knights. Uh, somebody describe them. Uh, what, what we saw. It's it's sort of difficult. Really, all we saw of both are cinematic trailers setting up the story a bit more. Um, yeah, Gotham no Knights like looks really good still, but we didn't see any more gameplay of it. Um, Suicide Squad was the exciting one of them because we we barely saw we hadn't seen anything of that besides the CG trailer up until now, um, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden we've got looks at like most of the Justice League, uh, but still no gameplay, which is kind of yeah. Sus. The Gotham Knights one thought was quite a bit on um, Court of Owls as well. 
Yeah, yeah. That was the big one. We had the, the, the teasers. A few people in the press, not us, were sent masks from the Court of Owls. Um, if we were sent them, we, we wouldn't have posted them online because we don't do that. Um, not that I look down on people who do, but I do. Um, <laughs> Me and Braids are looking at each other like, uh, no, of course we wouldn't have. <laughs> so, no, we knew the Court of Owls were there. But yeah. now we've seen them, we've seen the talons, we've seen the symbols, we've heard the words. We know that Batman's not dead, um, <laughs> as we always knew, but now we really know, except some people still don't know, but we, George, I promise you he's dead. Right, oh, okay, okay. Pretend pretend I'm an idiot. I know that's really difficult to do. Pretend I'm stupid. Why... Oh my god, he's burning himself now. <laughs> Why isn't Batman dead? I don't think he's dead either, I'm not, I'm not an idiot, but... Because it's Batman, George. What do you Batman mean? Is the Why isn't he dead? Like, like, what was your, like, conclusive proof besides the fact that we're not stupid? Like, what in that trailer... In, the, in, the, court of, in the Court of Owl story, Batman fakes his death, and the story's about the Bat Family. This story is about the Bat Family, and it features the Court of Owls. Oh. And also, it's a Batman game. If you want to make money off a Batman game, you don't make it about Robin. I, put I, in there. I would love them to be ballsy enough to do it, though. Like, I, I would, I would really respect so, that. So would I, but you wouldn't do it with the Court of Owls. No. Yeah. Okay. No. I mean, I'm, I'm on board. Like, I've, I've joked about that in the past. So it's absolutely stupid. Um, but they're trying harder than Marvel's Avengers, which literally put Captain America on the cover and said, "Oh, he's yeah, dead." I bet. Captain America's <laughs> dead. Um, I, I'm sure everyone knows at this point, but if you don't know what the Court of Owls is. Uh, New 52, Batman, 2011, Scott Snyder. Uh, incredible story. I think it's probably a 12-issue run, that first arc. But I you got it on my bookshelf somewhere, but I, don't, uh, I can't look at it right now. One, one of the best. Easily one of the best. Which is hard. It's hard to write a, a modern classic Batman. We've and gotten... really interesting paneling as well. This is now getting into the nerdy comic book stuff, but it's really well yeah. paneled. Like the bit in the labyrinth. I wonder oh, how yeah. they'll do that in the game, or if they do it. Well, it's definitely a different story, mm. uh, obviously, because that story is about Batman, and this one is not. Um, but we have seen all these characters in Arkham, and it seems to be I'm assuming a continuation of Arkham. It's right? not Arkham. Suicide not? Squad. Suicide Squad, Killer Justice League, is a continuation of the Arkham story, even though Harley looks and acts completely different. Um, the Gotham Knights is a new reality. There's no Gothamness, uh, no um, Arkhamness. Huh. Because Bruce Wayne, the, when they showed his picture, he looks like Arkham Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah he's, he's a, a fairly strong white man with black hair. <laughs> well, he's bulky. He's no, I know what you mean. I do know Arkham what you mean. Bruce Wayne is the bulkiest Bruce Wayne. Mm. Adam West. Yeah. He's not even dead <laughs> in that one though, as well. Like, if you if you played Arkham Knight, you know he's not really dead. And there's there's a bit in the trailer where I think it's Harley like is has a gun pointed at her. Obviously, that's not Batman. Nothing about it. But I think that's probably the Arkham Knight or Red Hood. Um, that's the thing. Both of these trailers, like really good trailers, and games i'm really interested in but they just don't show much you know no they have not shown much uh, especially no. considering that at one point both these games were going to be out this year yeah yeah and we haven't pandemic. even seen gameplay yet. pandemic baby dang demic uh great 
Anything else, George, from those trailers? Uh, well, we we haven't really talked about probably the coolest part of like any of those trailers, and that is the Justice yeah. League in the Suicide Squad. Um, they look yeah. We we saw Green cool. Lantern. Yeah. Oh, and it's the best best Green Lantern, John Stewart. We saw the Flash. Flash? Yeah. Yeah. He was very yeah. brief, like very brief. Well, he's he's quick. That's his that's his deal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, it's gonna be the God of War three where we go kill all the heroes. <laughs> oh, they're not gonna die either. Like if if you think about it, not to not to jump onto like a a train of conspiracy, but if you think that maybe Rocksteady is gonna eventually do something with Superman or any of these other characters, they're not just gonna go killing them off. Anybody else, anything. Superman would be a terrible video game. Well, again, De- Devil's Advocate again. Maybe they do. Maybe they do a Flash game. Maybe they do Green Lantern. Maybe they do any of those. I don't believe for a second they'll kill... Killer Frost. They'll they'll kill one of them. They'll oh, kill... kill... Damn it. They'll kill one they'll of them. They'll kill Martian Manhunter because they always kill Martian Manhunter. They'll kill Martian Manhunter. But they're currently... They're, they're Brainiac. The deal is they're, they're under Brainiac's spell. So what they'll do is they'll hit them with a Brainiac unray, and they'll be <laughs> unbrainiac and they'll be like, oh, I'm good again. But I'm too dizzy to help because we don't have the budget to let you play as Green Lantern in this one. So I'm going to sit down for a bit. Have a rest. While you go and King Shark all over those Brainiac goons. You know, Why am I not writing games? I'm wasted on this podcast. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised. I'm really surprised that they didn't update like the league at all. Uh, not the league, the, the squad at all. I'm surprised that after the success of uh, uh, what's it, James Gunn's one, they didn't go, oh, actually, we want... <laughs> Yeah, we want uh, Bloodsport in. We want well. Weasel in there. Get yeah, Weasel like, in. I think it's I obviously quite far in development, and I like the choices they've made. They they feel like authentic Suicide Squad choices. I like Dumb King Shark. Maybe we'll get Arkham Style DLC, and we'll get the B team, and they'll mm. put Peacemaker in there. Oh, Peacemaker would be so good. Like if they if they ex- like specifically did the John Cena one, then it would be game of the year. Like literally just have him be stupid for like a whole game. Like I'm I'm saying it now, that'd get my vote. That's why you don't trust me. Yeah. We got a Peacemaker trailer too. We got a lot of movie trailers in there. Yeah. Batman. Yeah. Aquaman, Flash, there was a little something for Black Adam. Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn had a trailer? Oh the, oh, DC the TV show. show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh Stacy, talk to us about uh, Wednesday was the Netflix walkout. Yes. And this was the walkout over um, the fallout from the Dave Chappelle special, right? Yeah. So um, Dave, Dave Chappelle did a, a special. It was called The Closer. Dave Chappelle has done a few, I suppose, trans jokes before, as a lot of comedians of his era have. Um, I think a lot of comedians on that kind of circuit think they need to by upsetting people, not necessarily by being offensive, but just by being edgy. That's cool. Mm. And, you know, in some ways it is, but also I think comedy has kind of moved on from that now. People just have different ways of telling jokes. They, I don't know any stand-up comedians who are funny on Twitter, and I know that doesn't sound like who would be praise, but can you think of any like typical comedians who are funny online? Because there's none of them. Humor has just changed. It's become more viral and meme Anyway, he did a special. He said he was on Team Turf, which are like the people who don't like trans people. Mm-hmm. That'll do for now. Yeah. Um, 
personally, I don't watch Dave Chappelle because I know he makes these kind of jokes. I, I kind of get it. Not everything is for me. A few trans employees at Netflix criticised Chappelle um, and then they were suspended for trying to attend an online meeting, which just seems like a thing that has been used to get rid of them. Um, right. Then one of them leaked like internal memos from Netflix, which showed that Dave Chappelle, um, don't quote me on the exact numbers, but I think his special cost like three times what Squid Game cost for him to stand in a room and tell some jokes. So those numbers really never went right. That's probably quite a bit of money to be spending on some jokes that right. not everyone really gets. As a result, the, the employee in question, who I think was a black trans person, was fired, not just suspended, but they were fired for leaking the internal um, memo, documents, whatever you want to call them. Netflix's CEO then put out a statement where it was basically, it's not our fault you get offended by jokes. Um, he also said that, again, don't quote me on it, I can look it up in a second, but trans employees, queer employees, LGBT employees, were so used to having it so good at Netflix, because Netflix yeah. was so perfect, that every time there's a bump in the road, it feels um, monumental, because Netflix is otherwise a perfect company. Um, and this one setback has obviously hit poor little delegates, queer people hard, because they're just not used to dealing with fallout. Um, so as of today, there is a walkout. They, it's not just a protest walkout. There is a list of, I suppose, demands that the employees have made towards Netflix. Netflix typically is quite good in terms of LGBT content. You know, if you go on Netflix and you search for LGBT content, there is quite a lot of it. You know, Disclosure was the big one last year. But behind the scenes, maybe it's not so great. I was pausing because I was looking for that quote. I wanted to read that quote about how they're used to things being so good. And it was because it's just so outrageous. And I know that he's walked back. He like did another interview where he said like, oh, I really put my foot in my mouth, basically. Yeah, I think he said I made a terrible mistake or something like that. But, you know, I, yeah, he did. Yeah, I just I, I was just reading about it and writing something up for it he said he screwed up and then he it. yeah he he pointed fingers kind of at how fast they had to respond right so he like blamed oh you know i was just you know, talking too fast and whatever <laughs> um and then i mean he whenever he was saying that oh you know i, I screwed up he's talking about statements that he made like two days ago where he went into a lengthy argument on how this moral panic is the same way like people want to ban video games for like shooting and it's it's yeah. not yeah well, why know, are you dragging games into this man like it's such a weird like but he goes into like these really long it's not like an oh a misunderstanding which is almost like what he seems to reduce it to in the interview it's like you went into like a very long thoughtful explanation on how you feel like that this stuff doesn't cause real world harm and hate. The thing that gets me about Chappelle's bit, you know, aside from the blatant transphobia is that he's saying, I don't care about Twitter. I don't care what people say about Twitter. 
or about me on Twitter anymore. Like I don't pay attention to it. And then at the same time, he's also doing the whole victim thing. Like, oh, they're trying to cancel me. Oh, they're cancel me all the time. It's like, who, who, who are you talking about? You're talking about Twitter, right? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, and, and then he's like, oh, if this is what being canceled feels like, I love it. Yeah, but it's not. You're being paid a hundred million dollars to stand up there and say I'm on Team Turf. Yeah. That's not what being cancelled is. That's just not how it works. I looked up like clips from it just to see, you know, like what he said. This man spent a really long time, like for a bunch of people, he says that he doesn't care about. Like that man dedicated like such a massive chunk of his show to just like complaining about trans people. One of, one of Chappelle's friends in real life is was. Um, trans as he was I think they passed away um, so he has been close to the community I think I, I honestly think Chappelle is one of those people who just doesn't quite get it they've been criticised for it and they've decided no I'm right right yeah um, yeah just just like totally out of touch sad to see sad to see because I like Chappelle. I, I feel like I've written a few things about him. People would think that I don't like Chappelle, but I do. Just gone. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Your day's over, Grandpa. <laughs> Sit down and shut Double up. Down. All right. Uh, let's talk about something way more important <laughs> than that. Uh, Xbox fridge pre-orders went up this week. <laughs> and Did any of you get one? I don't think anybody got one because yeah. just like every time there's a online pre-order, they're all get scalped out within minutes. Uh, they're all on like eBay. It's a fridge that looks like an Xbox and I don't want one. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why would you not want that? The Xbox fridge is the ultimate like brand is my identity buy right what like, it's a cool fridge <laughs> oh you guys say so cynical it's not sometimes. a cool okay hold on george it's not a cool fridge <laughs> it's a mini fridge like any other mini fridge you can put four cans in it and a string cheese <laughs> yeah but it, it doesn't it, it, it has cool. no character it has no aesthetic it just looks like a like 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 a square it just looks <laughs> like an xbox like what do you mean it looks cool it looks like an Xbox. That's the value. That's like the weirdest cell phone. Like our our console looks like a fridge, so we turned it into a fridge. <laughs> I, I respect that. I do respect that they've just. It's gone. a good name. Yeah, sure. I, I respect it's corporations and their IP. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been made out to look bad, but I, I like I like my game tat. I'm, I'm probably the worst for it. Uh, yes, that I know. I, I'm I'm awful for it. Like I'll buy I'll buy whatever. Um, yeah, but, uh, I will yeah. too, but that's not a thing I'm attached to. That's a okay. box that does things that, like, I'm attached to the things the box does. It's really weird to be attached to the box, y'all. That's, but, like, that's weird. In my defense, I also need a mini fridge, so. You know, it just, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't like... I, I just need a $200 mini fridge. <laughs> it wasn't like I have, like, five mini fridges sat next to me. I was going, no, that's <laughs> the one I need. It was, it was, oh, I need one, and that's I one, don't and it's believe cool. that's a thing any person needs. I've never owned a mini fridge in my life. I can't imagine that. It's like saying I need a shoe buffer, so I may as well get the PlayStation <laughs> one. I totally get the, like, streamers and influencers and media people that want this for the meme, for the, you know, 
because it's like a bit just to like show it. Dave's trying to cut me off. But <laughs> the f- so many people being upset they couldn't get their hands on this fridge is weird. That's, got that's review a bunk. weird thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It got review bomb because people didn't get it. <laughs> Creating a Target account so I can review bomb the Xbox. Fridge. <laughs> <laughs> We're so fucked. We're so done. I, I feel like I I can I can see why people care about stuff, but I would never take it to the level that anyone else does. Like I can be like, oh, I'd be sad I didn't get the Xbox fridge or anything to that effect. But I wouldn't be like I wouldn't give it a thought longer than the 30 seconds I'm reminded about it, you know? Are you saying you've never participated in a review bomb? I have never participated in a review bomb. <laughs> no. Am I out of line for saying that like a Batman fridge or One Piece fridge is a completely different thing from an Xbox fridge? No, that is correct because they have actual stories. Mm-hmm. And people can like that. I don't understand people who can like an Xbox. I, I, don't, I don't understand yeah, it. I don't, I don't like understand it. It has a USB cable. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh, wait a second. It has a USB cable? The little noise. Yeah. But I like Xbox Game Pass. I like being having value as consumer. I appreciate corporation <laughs> give value. <laughs> Deliver I like value IP. Too, but I'm not going to like rep it like a brand. Like Get a tattoo. Get a PlayStation tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, does somebody have an Xbox fridge <laughs> tattoo? <laughs> I will get the Xbox yeah. fridge tattoo. I, I, that wouldn't fuss me. Oh, uh, I knew you would, George. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't think, I, I don't think it's worth, like, I don't think it's worth anyone's time, either, like, super positively or negatively. I just, it's just a thing that exists, and but it's Dave it's is a... laughing, but he he would totally buy a Nintendo fridge, right? Yeah, there we go. There is a double standard because okay. it's no. That's not a double standard because there's nostalgia. We're talking. That's a completely different thing. I have nostalgia. Oh no, 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 no! I'm, I'm off. I'm off this train. No, and Nintendo fridge is exactly the same as. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, no, hold on. Let's, 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 let's draw some lines in the sand here. Imagine, if you will. GameCube lunchbox. <laughs> I'd buy it. I'd buy yeah. it. <laughs> if my time, I'd buy it. But all right, I'm, all right. I, I am. I'm willing to yeah, admit. But that. that would that would look cool and kitsch. The the, the GameCube uh, inherently has an interesting design. Hold up! 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 Hold up. <laughs> GameCube hot tub. What does that mean? Mm. No, you're going too far now. <laughs> like, massive <laughs> disc tray. Massive disc tray. Folds up, you jump in. That's expensive. Then disc tray folds back down. Yeah, and the cables are just the hoses for the water. And, and no one buys it like they did the GameCube. So just to clarify, you've, sa- you've said the words GameCube Lunch GameCube Hub. And now, now, I, now I magically want a Nintendo fridge. <laughs> <laughs> So wait, no, no, oh, wait, my point is coming, I swear. I just take <laughs> around my way to get it. I was gauging gauging your reactions to see if the GameCube issue... anything would be cool because GameCubes look cool. Okay, so are we saying the Xbox is for nerds? 
I'm I'm saying the Xbox One is just a big blast. Stacy the gamer said Xbox is for nerds. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Cancel it while you can. I I think there's yeah. a I think there's definitely a double standard to nostalgia when it comes to Xbox. I don't like I'm not even an Xbox person. I have one, and you know it's fine. I'm more of like a PlayStation person. But you know if Xbox turned around and said we are going to offer you like some Xbox classic games to add to our service, but it's going to be double the price. People would murder them on like on the internet for days. Nintendo does it, and it's like yeah, because no one wants grabbed by the ghoulies. I like oh, <laughs> wait a second. No one George. does. People, people are murdering Nintendo over this. What are you talking about? They That's, are not. You're one of the George. You're one of the people that are good with it. That's why you think it's not happening because yeah. you are like, I'll pay for people it. People are so pissed about it. Yeah, this. Dude. I feel like we should clarify. I mentioned this at the start of the show, but for the for the listeners, George pre-ordered the collector super duper edition <laughs> of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and he therefore has no opinions on game on <laughs> He's not allowed. To. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There, there you go. Yeah, I can't even there argue anymore. <laughs> yes, people are upset about the Nintendo Online price hike. Yes, they are very upset. I've just okay. sort of seen people go like, okay. eh. you know, like that. But I know that if, when Xbox did it, actually, they tried to do it, and then they had to like reverse it because people were so preemptively angry. They did with a, with a service nobody even uses, right? Wasn't it gold? They were uh, yeah, the price gold. Of gold, and everybody yeah. upset. I said nobody uses it, but it's not like it's Game Pass. But mm. also, gold is like the base price. It wasn't an addition, you know? Like, if you don't want right. the N64 games, you don't have to get them. You can continue yeah. using the service as it is. Whereas Microsoft is like, you have no choice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so my, my argument's been undermined like twice now, so maybe I'll just con- I'll, I'll just I'll just be like, yeah, Xbox Fridge is dumb. Uh, I like the fact that you're here, George. Thanks, Dave. Me too. I like the fact <laughs> that you're here, too. By the time this right. podcast goes out, you won't be. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'll this be dead. segment is a train <laughs> that ran out of tracks like ten minutes ago. Thank you all. Great, uh, great. What does Keen say? Crake, crack, good crack. It's crack. It's crack. 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 Good crack. Good uh, we'll take a quick break, uh, and we'll be right back for more the Gamer Podcast. Welcome back. Uh, everyone's still here, except for Stacy. We've got George, Andrea, Hello. and Dave Breens. And uh, it's a sad day at the Gamer Podcast. We're saying goodbye to two of our best. Andrea and Dave are off to a better place. They're not dying, I don't think. <laughs> but they're dead to me. Uh, bef- <laughs> before they go, I wanted to give... Uh, Dave, an opportunity to once and for all uh, tell us why One Piece is the greatest IP. Dave loves IP. The greatest IP to ever exist uh, in private and publicly on Twitter. Dave talks about uh, his sweet, beloved One Piece constantly, nonstop. It's his brand. It's his one thing. Everyone knows him as Dave One Piece Brains. Uh, and the rest of us completely ignore the show, the manga. None of us want anything to do with it. So we're going to give Dave a chance to sell us on One Piece. Dave, take it away. 
I just want to say welcome. I want to say thank you yeah. all for coming today. This is we're happy to be here. This is this is very important to me. This is a monumental occasion. Yeah. I'm the church service. <laughs> praise be, praise be for today. This we are testifying before the Lord our God and saying one piece, real good. And I'm happy mm -hmm. that Andrea's with us and less happy that she's leaving, but happy that she's with us and we leave with us and leaving at the same time because now I can finally tell her that One Piece is real good and she's got to forget that Naruto bullshit because we are on the real shit now whoa, 2021 whoa whoa whoa, 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 whoa. we ain't looking at no Boruto, we don't need whoa. no none of that, we ain't having Boofy the fucking pirate slayer at the end of the series, no 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 this is gonna be all about the gold and when I say the gold, I mean the treasure, this is the pirate story this is the One Piece and it's the banger Please allow me to begin. <sighs> Any questions before we start? Yeah, I got one. Oh, God. A thousand chapters. Yeah. That, okay. All right. Go ahead. Take it away. Uh, Andrea had one. At, at the end, do I get to, to say why I like Naruto for two seconds and then say fuck Boruto? Yeah, right. I, I think so. I'd listen. Th this okay. is this is okay. two to one people who like Naruto right now and who don't care about One Piece. Yeah, because you haven't been immersed in it. Okay, you know what? I'll actually yeah. begin. Right, go, I'll go, actually go, begin go. with why you might actually not like One Piece or why the world has trained you not to like it. You can't trust the media. You have been brainwashed <laughs> from day one to think that One Piece sucks, and it all started with Pokemon. Oh God. Pokemon was okay. published in the West by four kids, and they did an excellent job of localizing the series for children, as it was mainly a ch series for children. You know, they had to censor James's breasts in one episode. Let's not talk about that. And James's they had to stop the adults from pointing guns at the kids. Let's not talk about that. But uh, overall, fantastic adaptation. When four kids saw the success, they were like, we need more of this Japanese cartoons. And so they got a whole bunch of Japanese cartoons. They had to get Yu-Gi-Oh! where, you know, they couldn't send people to the Shadow Realm, really, because that was actually dead. They were dead. No, it's the Shadow Realm now. They had to change all these anime in different ways. And One Piece got oh. hit really hard because there was a fair amount of blood and guns and a fair amount of death, too. And so when we did get the first localized One Piece series, it, it sucked. Like, a yeah. lot. It, it, it sucked a lot. I, I watched it as a kid, and I was like, this is fine but i wouldn't continue watching it and that's a shame do you remember Naruto the rap Dave? through that do you remember I the do. rap go on do it. i do i fucking i can't yo, remember yo, it off yo. my heart uh, yeah <laughs> i need a monster rancher rap if we need a rap um i'm not gonna do that but no i didn't you know is is this my time to hear. say I've, I've never read or watched an episode of one piece i was obsessed with anime because I downloaded it from Kazaa as a child to my mother's dismay. Mm -hmm. And I saw a picture of One Piece people cast, whoever they are, and I thought, this is so ugly. I cannot. <laughs> and that's and why listen, I did it. I'm willing to forgive you for that. I'm willing to forgive your transgressions, <laughs> my child, for we are here to repent and to cement <laughs> our love in the peace. Before Dave do you, does what, this, what do you want, George? Go on, go on. I would like to read just a tiny bit of the pirate rap, maybe to support your claim, maybe to mock One Piece, but we'll do it. <clears throat> yeah, yo, yeah, yo. Dreamin', don't give it up, Luffy. Dreamin', don't give it up, Zolo. 
Dreaming. Don't give it up, Nami. Dreaming. Don't give it up, 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 give it up. That is the intro to One Piece. Here's how the story goes, we find out, but a treasure in the ground, the line, there's no doubt. And it goes down like that. I have one argument also to make um, in regards to the previous claim that there's a media conspiracy that is sabotaging uh-huh. One Piece. <clears throat> Via Kotaku, the show said Oda seems to make about 3.1 billion yen in a year. Apparently that is close to $26 million. Please explain how the media can <laughs> That ain't nothing, Brains. That ain't nothing. <laughs> so how have none of you read One Piece if he makes that much money? I read two chapters, but I have ADD. So I literally have a disability and I can't read a thousand chapters of One Piece. It's too long. <laughs> you, you, you read this owl shit on Batman. <laughs> the owl <laughs> I, don't need, I don't want to hear it. Right. I want to hear it. <laughs> right. I did. He's right. Oh, no. Yep. So, oh, listen. No. I don't want to start hearing about accessibility, not with the Shonen Jump app <laughs> only being $2 per month. Yes, that's right. $2 per month for all the One Piece and every other manga you can possibly imagine delivered right to your mobile device. Have you downloaded the Shonen Jump app? Because you should do it today. Sponsored by Shonen Jump. Jump. That's actually Dave's next job. That's where he's leaving. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, Biz. What the hell? <laughs> it's like a snake oil salesman, right? <laughs> uh, okay. So, I wrote a just shy of 2,000 word rant on One Piece for thegamer.com, and I may or may not write just like one more before I leave. Yeah. Uh, and this is because I really do love One Piece, and I, I joke about, about mm-hmm. how it's uh, the greatest story ever told. I joke, I joke about. I, I'm doing the air quotes for listeners. I joke about. I joke about how it's the greatest story ever told, and I joke about how it's like Tolkien level writing. However, right. Yeah. However, it's a story that's a thousand chapters long. Yeah. Like this is the Odyssey. This this is I mean, it's it's literally like sailing, so it's kind of it's, it's the Odyssey, you know? It's long as hell. It's a modern epic. It's all coherent, cohesive. So, so silky smooth. It's beautiful is what it is. And that length benefits it because it manages to tell a story about not just a small cast of characters or a small group, but a giant world. And as you travel through that world from island to island, that story begins to unravel. It starts off as Goofy Pirate Boy does Goofy Pirate stuff and like gathers his friends as he moves across the world. I'm doing a little like dotted line across a, a map on my hand right now. Yeah, yeah, you're really painting a picture, mm. yeah. It's, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. If I, ha- I wish I could have like a whiteboard and charts and stuff. There is a YouTube video that's like three hours of some guy of a whiteboard ranting about One Piece, but I didn't want to do that to you. But as you go through this world, you're, these islands become like permanent landmarks, not only in the story in terms of your like frame of reference, because you think oh, that story arc was a very long time ago not only for your personal frame of reference but also a frame of reference for how the world is un- unfolding, and those islands and those characters will keep being returned to throughout the story to give you like a permanent reference point of how a political act or one character's actions has reverberations throughout that entire world, that entire cast and of course, at start, there isn't that frame of reference for you to appreciate the bigger story beats and moments, but when you get 
a thousand chapters in, these big moments are like monumental and they have like dedicated chapters just for these moments and these moments become some of the most favorite moments in the story for those fans because it's so gratifying to be a fan for something of for such a long time and then have that dedication rewarded continually over the course of 24 years oh it feels good mm-hmm. all right sorry someone else talked now 24 years? no i haven't been reading it for 24 years i've only been reading it for like nine years but uh-huh. but speaking to that no dunk it out like you know I, I poke fun at you um but it is like the way you feel about one piece and like having a story that is like so long running and something that does feel rewarding if you can recall like an event from you know five years ago 10 years ago 15 years ago um that feeling is really good um and i and i say that like as someone who like does like naruto like not even like joking like it is like a really special series to me i hate boruto um but i i like the the first and the second series a lot um and i watched it from like the time it was coming out in Japan before it even came out in the US because I was, you know, a little kid with the internet. Um, and it just stuck with me for for years. And now I feel that way similarly about, like, about Final Fantasy 14 because, you know, I've been playing that game since it came out, which is a decade now ago. Um, and so you get these moments where you can recall something that they mentioned 10 years ago and it's just really, really special. Um, and it's really cool to have a story that can go on that long and not still somehow not overstay its welcome absolutely and and on that note uh i want to say that i shit on naruto a lot but i have to because of the meme exactly i have it's to fine. i get it no i'm i'm used to it. it it's a meme it's a media conspiracy <laughs> meme actually but no it's 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 part of the i know it's really dorky and silly but like george i cry at everything yeah. so i cry whenever like i see an opening from naruto sometimes and get like wildly emotional over like nothing naruto is fantastic someone saying believe i think one piece like i I have no i think one piece probably is like as good as they say it's just it's so long yeah like but it i know and i know dave i know it's just daunting all right like i'm sort of person you say to me watch game of thrones it's amazing that's too long i i I need to be on the the train at the start so (laughs) maybe i have had a conspiracy thrust against me and they've told me not to like one piece but that's not my fault man i blame the media i'll ask you this seriously like it so if i want to like try it can i watch the anime i mean i love to to read too um manga a lot like before bed but whenever i'm like doing something else like playing a game doing something monotonous in final fantasy i do like to watch anime is the anime just as good okay so uh for the record initially i did watch the anime and uh it was it was a wonderful wonderful part of my life where i was unemployed and that's (laughs) this that's the time in your life when you can truly enjoy yourself so i managed to catch up with one piece in that time and uh you know i love it because the big story beats really are covered really well However, the pacing later on in the series especially gets really bad. Uh, So obviously Naruto is like famous for doing very lengthy filler arcs. Mm. Um, One Piece doesn't really do that. They will do like a four episode mini filler in between major arcs. Uh, And the main thing they do to stretch out runtime is uh, add in between events in the main story. uh, Which are fine, but it ends up stretching that pacing so, so thin at times that it can 
become frustrating. However, mm-hmm. as a background watch, if you're playing Final Fantasy, you're doing some dungeons. Sure. I just don't recommend it to people because I know it sounds like a, a really imposing time investment. Honestly, when you get into a flow with the manga, it's it's just not like a hundred chapters can can disappear in a couple of days pretty easily. Uh, obviously, with the anime, that's just not going to happen because twenty minutes right. per episode. But that's why I don't recommend the anime. But if if you know if you really want to, if that's the way you want to go, and, and you're going to do something else, sort of in the background, yeah, sure, why not? You know, mm-hmm. I can't. That's good I to can't know. Read a manga and do another thing. It's true. I yeah. gotta be all in. But I do read for bed. But you know what, Dave? When I uh, am dying, <laughs> when I find out that I only have a few months to go, I probably will just power through. You know? Do you think it's a good? That's a good book to read when you know you're gonna die. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, honestly, uh, I actually. I actually got. I got. If we're gonna, if we're gonna go there, why not go yeah. all the fucking way? I actually uh, felt like I've learned some powerful lessons regarding grief from enjoying One Piece. I really do, and uh, I feel yeah. like there is some motivational pieces to the story. Uh, there yeah. is, there is, there is like one hundred solid chapters of One Piece where it's super depressing as hell. Uh, Luffy gets separated from the crew, the rest of the crew, and then like nothing goes right for just a hundred chapters straight. It's really Jeez. good. Uh, and then at the end of the story, like uh, Luffy's having like an emotional breakdown, and to calm him down, uh, one of the other characters says, "Instead of focusing on what you've lost, how about you look at what you still have left?" And it's beautiful. It's 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 such a cathartic moment as he starts to remember the people he's been separated from, the people he cares about. And it just, it's lovely to see a story uh, having such mature focuses on grief. And One Piece is not a story that likes to kill off characters. More than anything, One Piece likes to uh, fake out, kill off characters and be like, oh, it looks like he's dead, but ah, they're back. uh." But when they do, do a death, the weight of it is really impactful on the rest of the story and the entire tone starts to shift because... It starts off as the silly pirate comic. And when it wants to handle those serious subjects, it can't be silly anymore. Mm. And when those chapters come up, oh, oh, heartbreaking. It's good shit, though. That's the way. That's the way to sell it to me. If you tell me something's depressing as shit, I will immediately, like, dive <laughs> it's in. It's so good when it gets miserable, like, because for the longest time, exactly. you're convinced, like, you've watched Shonen anime. We've all seen Shonen anime. Yeah. The, the, the bad guys show up. And the good guys show up, and they train, and they fight, and the good guys win out. And for so long, One Piece does do that. But like I said about it exploring the world, in the beginning, Luffy is like a a superhuman freak. No one can touch him. And then slowly, he starts meeting other superhuman freaks. And then eventually, he comes to a point where he realizes he's like the frog stuck in the well. It's never seen how large the world is, is is one of the metaphors the story uses. And uh, it's in those moments where they're being like completely overwhelmed by forces out of their control, where the story really shines. Have I mentioned that there's an oppressive world government that has slaves? 
Oh, good sell. Oh, my God. Uh, they've been doing uh, Neil Gaiman's Sandman as an audio version. And that's been actually really good. And oh. they, you think One Piece could work as, in an audio theater situation? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, that's, so like, obviously One Piece is, is a manga and it uses like, I feel like most of the strengths of manga, like one of the things comic books does or comic books do that no other medium can do is the, the page turn. You know, you turn the page and instantly there's an image which says something to you. This, this is like the, the world's oldest way to do like a jump scare or a sudden like impact frame, like the page turn is amazing and, and One Piece uses those constantly. The paneling is fantastic and uh, even the motion within the panels where they'll be like um, obviously the speech bubbles go in, from, in manga go from right to left and as the uh, the conversation or the dialogue travels across those images uh, it's almost like time is passing so he'll frame one thing to be happening in the panel and as you go through the panel something caused by that initial image is going on so it's like mm -hmm. In a single image, time has passed as you're like reading through the dialogue. There's amazing attention to detail and also like the illustrations of the locations, etc., etc. And I, I, I think it could work, but there's also a lot that could be lost if it wasn't adapted properly. You know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a tough. That's a tough call on the subject of adaptations. You know, there's a Netflix version coming. Yeah. Hyped? Hype train? Mm. You look so no. excited about it. No, it's most terrifying. Who? What? There's, so, what am I thinking? Oh, One Piece yeah, does. One oh, Piece Jesus. Okay, is getting a live action Netflix <laughs> adaptation. It's not. It's not the 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 typical Japanese live action adaptation, which we've yeah. seen. With all due respect to the Japanese live ad live action adaptations, uh, the budgets have not been good, and therefore, rarely have the the, the shows and movies themselves been good. Right, but this one is is a is mm -hmm. a Hollywood Netflix adaptation, which it's even more terrifying. It's even more intimidating because there's so much more to fuck up. And and One Piece is at its heart and like an absurdist story. Uh, there, it's it's superpower pirates. You know, like if this goes wrong, it could easily go as wrong as like Dragon Ball Evolution and be like one of the worst anime adaptations of all time. You know, the, the, the locations and the characters and the setting and the, and the costume design has to work so, so well. Yeah. And I, I, I'm terrified that they just will not. Uh, Death Note is pretty bad, the Netflix movie. Um, granted, Death Note, the, the anime, is also pretty bad. Uh, Damn. <laughs> all right, half of it's good. The first half is good. Okay, uh, and then we've got Cowboy Bebop coming, and Jerry's going to be Work out on that art. one. We'll see. We'll see. Well, the show. The show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll when is the? Yeah, we'll see. But what? When is this One Piece thing happening? Uh, so the One Piece thing has been in pre-production for several years, but now there there is a script, and and a logo. Okay, so no cast. Yeah, no cast. Yeah. There's been a lot of rumors for a few years now. Uh, I, I, one actor has like made. 
a couple of allusions to One Piece's uh, Swordmaster character Zoro while posing with katanas on his like Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Can't really take that as confirmation, but it's all possible. It seems, from my limited knowledge of One Piece, it seems like it's going to be re- really weird if it's just human cast with human proportions, because all of One Piece characters are are a very anime looking. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, Andrea's already said how she she does not like the the artwork. It's upsetting me, Andrea. That upsets me so much. I like that one lady that I found that picture. I forgot her yeah, name already. Boa, but yeah, I like she's lovely. Uh, so, so, okay. Uh, so, one of the ways I describe One Piece's art style is like uh, hyper caricatures. And if you look online, you can see like comparisons of like real people and One Piece characters. And that is because the author often looks at real world people and basically caricatures them in order to make one of his unique characters. There's at least two characters in the story that look a bit like one of Jim Carrey's characters. There's at least one character in the story that looks like uh Eminem. Alright. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. There, there's there, if you if you wanna if you wanna look that up you'll find plenty of examples. Um and it, it can look goofy. I mean, caricatures, the, the kind of that you get, like, the fun fair or whatever, I don't, does that translate to Americans? Do you do that? Do you get caricatures drawn at the fun Yeah, fair? we okay. do. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they can look ridiculous in the same way that those do and sort of unrealistic, but also there's there's two big factors that I feel like is, is really important in making this art style work for the series, and the one is that the, uh, the caricatures are also caricatures of emotion. I've already told you that the story can get very depressing, and I think we've all seen uh, pictures of One Piece characters with, with with big, big smiles that stretch all the way across their face unrealistically. That's not going to focus ever. But we've all seen it. And uh, it is always a caricature of emotion. So if someone, if a character is happy and smiling, they're not just smiling, they're, they're smiling all, all, all the goddamn way. And also if a character is truly, truly upset, it's like the jaw hangs down by a foot and the, the irises get whited out and tears flood their face and there's like a snot bubble coming out. Almost grotesque and cartoonish depictions of emotion, but delivered with such sincerity and seriousness that, that you can't help but believe it in the moment. That's never, ever going to get translated to live action in my life, not in your life, not in my life. It's never going to happen. However, I feel like if they capture that emotional sincerity, it could work. Mm-hmm. It could work. It could work. Uh, best One Piece video games? Uh, actually, like I, I feel like George is you. Are you the one that talked about Pirate Warriors Four? Pirate Warriors Four is dope. Best there we uh, go. Uh, so Pirate Warriors Four. Pirate Warriors 4 actually is like one of the best Muso games, unironically. Yep. Um, so if you like Muso, One Piece Muso is actually one of the best ones. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, other, other than that, eh. Eh. <laughs> One Piece Odyssey rumored to happen eventually, and that's probably an open world RPG. That's what I put in my list of upcoming RPGs to get excited for. This imaginary one that probably doesn't exist? They have trademarked a name for it. That's (laughs) (laughs) everything else is speculation. Alright. Well, it's better than it's ever been as well. 
It has. Really? Read it. Read it. It's, it's it's really good. It's really good. It's really good. Last few chapters, I've been saying that for months, but last few chapters? Oh. Yeah. I uh, I work at CBR, and so I read a lot of comic books. I want to read more stuff, and I would really like to read One Piece. I actually didn't know about Viz and that it was only two bucks a month until you told me, so I assume that maybe some people listening don't know that either, but uh, yeah, for two bucks a month, you can get all of One Piece. So, do you have an excuse not to, George? Uh, uh, not besides the ones I've listed. <laughs> <laughs> besides all the ones that we've already said. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't have a like. I. I, I massively respect One Piece. Um, George, it, you you're a fan of Death Stranding, right? I love Death Stranding. Yes. In my One Piece yeah. article, I conclude at the end that if you have the time to finish Death Stranding, you have the time to read One Piece. <laughs> you know, I don't have the time to finish Death Stranding, because I put an hour into the new one, and I was like, oh wow, life is in the No, way. you've already played it once, that's good, you had the time. You can do it, you got this lad. That was a, that was a younger boy, younger boy. Uh, you know, I, if they ever do a good... I started reading it when I was your age. Oh God. Remember, remember we talked about how like I was your age once upon a time. Yeah, yeah. No, if they the the way I've always f- felt about this sort of thing is if they do a good game adaptation, that gets me on board, right? So like when the when I yeah. saw the Demon Slayer games coming out, and that's by CyberConnect who did uh, Storm, and I realized that's probably gonna be really good. Apparently, it's quite good. I watched Demon Slayer. I was like, okay, yeah, like I'll, I'll give that a go. Um, and that's how it's always been for me. Like even even back in the day of Naruto and Dragon Ball, and that made me love them. So if they come out and they do One Piece fighters or they do a good One Piece game, that that would be the kick. That would be the kick. But you already like pirate warriors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've you've just proved your own point. Like you already that's, said that's that it's the best. It doesn't Musa. count. Why does it? That's not, that's not saying much. I don't really like the genre though. Like that doesn't you know. You but can't the trust my word, Dave. You've learned anything. Good. Oh, we're not doing Excuse this. Excuse me. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I mean, I get what he's saying. Like, if the Netflix movie is really good, I, there's a much better chance that I finally get into it. It's not that I don't believe. It's not that That's I don't risky. believe that that Dave likes it as much as he does. I know he does. I just don't know if that means that I will like it as much too. Only one believe. way to find out, though. Believe. <laughs> yeah, believe. Listen, listen. I, I, I haven't had anyone ever come to me and say, "Ah, uh, you know what? I read that one piece. I got to the bit you said was really good. Didn't like it. It's not yeah. happened. It's not. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's, okay. If, all right. If if it happens, I'll I'll say there's the freak, and I'll laugh and point. But until it happens, no one can say I'm wrong. Well, instead of go read a thousand chapters of One Piece, Dave, tell us, like, make it to this chapter and then decide if you like oh, it. Oh, that's a, that's, a, that's a good one, actually. So I feel like um, you will basically get most of what you need to understand about One Piece. In the first 100 chapters. 100 chapters. Okay. So, okay. Mm. okay, so listen... The, the, sorry, the quick justification for that is uh, well, the main goal of the story is to get to the One Piece, which is the, the great treasure left by the Pirate King. 
and that has been left at the end of the Grand Line, which is the, the harshest of all the seas. Uh, because of the geographic nature of the One Piece world, you can't just sail to it in a straight line. Um, also, the geography of the world might be a conspiracy in One Piece. Talk about that another time, actually. <laughs> it's definitely not flat, but it was definitely terraformed. Anyway, so uh, just getting to the One Piece is the whole goal of the story. Um, fuck me, forgot where I was going with this. What was the <clears throat> fucking question? Oh yeah, 100 chapters, 100 chapters. Uh, and the, 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 the end of the Grand Line, and they don't enter the Grand Line until chapter 100. Uh, the, everything before that is essentially uh, stories involving the central crew that will become the main characters going forward. Uh, each of those crew members does get a very good introduction and the basic tenets of the series are set up. Would I say that it has any serious payoff in the first 100 chapters? No. I think there are very, very good moments and there were definitely... Stuff happened in those first 100 chapters that made me say, oh yeah, I'm going to continue with this story. I really like it. However, yeah. it didn't peak until a little while after that. But then when it peaked, it peaked. And then like a few <laughs> chapters after, it peaked again. And I was like, "There's no." I got to this point where I was like, oh yeah, this story arc is my favorite. And then the next one, I was like, no, no, this story arc is my favorite. And the next one happened, I was like, oh my God, this one. And anyone that's listening to this that's actually read One Piece knows exactly the arcs I'm talking about. That <laughs> that's incredibly vague. <laughs> I don't want to give any spoilers. I don't want to give any spoilers. But like the, the, the first half of the Grand Line story arc saga, uh, we get like a, a corrupt, a corrupt, um, a corrupt pirate taking over a desert country, and then we have a literal trip into the sky to punch God. Really, really good. And then after that, we come back down to the sea level and we have the evil world government introduced and they attempt to kidnap one of our longtime cam characters. And, and uh, man, the story gets so good when the world government gets introduced because you hate them so much. World government. Don't you just hate those words? Okay, Dave, I, I'm a, I will... This will cheer you up, actually. You'll like this. You're, you're frowning, but you'll like this. So in Pirate Warriors 4, there is one scene... Uh, that I remember very well, where it's Luffy versus the one with the afro who cries a lot. What's his name? Are there more than one with an afro that cry a lot? The one with he cries all the time. Afro it's like the chef. Is he the chef? Maybe? Mm, He's got the slip shot. Afro. Yeah. Usopp. Usopp hasn't got yes. an afro. Usopp has an afro, doesn't he? Or am I thinking of the skeleton? Really? Okay, yeah, whatever. Okay, so I clearly don't remember the scene that well, but they're okay. battling. Um, I think yeah. maybe it's over the the ship. Maybe yeah, I don't know. It is. But I, from it is. not knowing anything about One Piece, the power of that scene did send me on like at least a two hour Wikipedia hunt for information about it, and like watching the scenes on YouTube and stuff. So like, I truly believe there are going to be some amazing scenes in it. You know, like you see, this is my problem with the Zuma generation because I have nephews, right? And I, I love my nephews to pieces. However, I come to talk to them about anime, I come to talk to them about series like this. And I gave my nephew a complete box set of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood for last Christmas. I say, Last Christmas, I know it's amazing. And I say, Did you watch it? He goes, No. 
I went into his bedroom last time I visited him and he had like pictures of like Naruto and Luffy on the wall that he had drew and I was like that's beautiful do you watch these no but I've seen clips on YouTube what the fuck do you mean you've seen clips on YouTube you right shit my my or TikTok what the fuck do you mean you've seen clips on fucking YouTube I don't give a shit about your fucking YouTube clips you go watch that shit right I gave you the blu-ray box set for your fucking Xbox one you little prick <laughs> yeah, Dave you send me the blu-ray of every episode of the I will watch it okay deal I love my nephews anyway but they're also playing Roblox uh, they were playing a Roblox game where in the game you're 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 playing as anime characters and there was like Goku and Luffy and Naruto. I was like, how many of these animes you watched? They're like clips on YouTube. Oh, you little brats. I, I swear That's to god, the Zuma generation is ruined. Ruined. I started on Dragon Ball. I don't want to clips on Kazar, so I Kazar's fine. Like, come on. We, it's okay. Andrew, that was a different me. generation. <laughs> just give me an amazing idea. Old. If they could just take all of One Piece and make it mm -hmm. into 90-second TikToks, and I could just swipe oh, through TikTok. <laughs> you would finish it. Yeah, You'd finish yeah. it. I, I, finished, I finished Final Fantasy Tactics events uh, during toilet breaks at one of my old jobs. Absolutely. So, you know, if you put in the dedication, the time, anything is possible. Some of those toilet breaks are long. If I was just reading One Piece instead of looking at TikTok on the toilet, I probably would have finished it by now. Let's face it. Let's face okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> Do love TikTok, though. So. I'm not going to stop looking at TikTok. Hey, I'm not going to stop looking at TikTok. <laughs> uh, okay, good. Anything else, Dave? I, th I mean, that was a hell of a platform. I think you really laid it out there for us. Uh... uh... Uh, all right. Yeah, One Piece. It's just important to me. Okay, I just yeah. I like it a do lot. Do you want? Do you want people to tweet at you about One Piece? Of course, I do. I want people to ask me about One Piece at O Threens on the Twitter. That's O T H R E E N S, and you can always find me there tweeting One Piece yeah. relatable content and about how much I love IPs. <laughs> Subscribe for more One Piece. <laughs> Make sure to follow if you like gaming. <laughs> uh, Andrea, Dave, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you both and uh, wow. how far you've brought the... Shut up, Dave. George. <laughs> how far you've, you've brought the, the show uh, these past three months. Uh, super, super duper going to miss you. And of course, you can come by the show anytime you want. Uh, and good luck. Hearts. Thank you D ditto. We'll I, don't, right I don't like being told shut up, but ditto. <laughs> and George will be here. You can still listen to him. <laughs> we'll be uh, right back uh, with an interview from the art director of Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh. Back now with Stacy, and we have a very special guest today, um, the art director from upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy, which launches next week, Bruno Gautier LeBlanc. How are you doing, Bruno? I'm doing very well, and yourself? I'm good. Um, so first of all, can you sort of just describe what your role as the art director in Guardians was and the kind of things that fell under your purview? 
Um, well, the biggest role was to come up with the, uh, I guess, a visual identity for the games, mm. even though it's a um, well-established uh, licensed, we, we really wanted to make it ours. So it was important to, uh, to come up with a, an identity that people could see at first and really say, oh, that's Eidos Montreal's take on uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I also worked uh, hand in hand with Marvel. You know, I was the, the, the link to everything that was art mm-hmm. for them. And then, of course, it was just uh, later on in the production was to make sure that the game looked and looked as good as possible and quality wise to put out on the store shelves or uh, or the virtual shelves, I should say. Uh, you, you've mentioned before in a, a dev diary that Rocket was the easiest character to sort of settle on a design for. Who who was the hardest character? Um, I think Gamora. G- Gamora is definitely our hardest character to, to design. Um, for uh, a lot of reasons, mainly the one is that she's the only woman in the five of the like the five guardians. And it was really important that she uh, hold her own design wise, but even like narrative wise, it was, I wasn't part of the narrative things, but it was very important that she was a strong, a strong female character. We didn't want to over sexualize her at all. We, we, we wanted her to be a, one of the boys, but still keep her, um, you know, fresh and almost like scary to them too, at some point. So it was really important for us to, to, to really nail her design. We went through a lot of iterations with her. Um, but in the end, like, uh, I'm really happy with what we came up. There's a, there's an elegance to her. There's a, a there's a fierceness in her design, like even in little, um, details in her fists and her, her feet if you look closely there's like claws and, and sharp daggers everywhere mm-hmm. she's always ready to pounce and attack so she's always uh very dangerous but throughout the story then you get a softer side of her which comes out were all the characters motion captured with actors yes they were all motion captured yeah. even the dog even <laughs> did you find that the performances inform the character designs in any way actually for this project we designed everything even before going Mm. to um, to motion capture and the reason why is that uh even though we worked with uh, 3d scans of to start off the modeling and and things like that i wanted to stay away from uh, uh, hyper realism and just like using scans one for one i wanted us to go because I find you can fall into the uncanny territory in, in, in video games. And while some games in the past maybe two years have actually done it really well, when we started this project, no games have done it, had done it well. Mm. You know, it was the, And the games that would, had done it well were the ones like we did, is take an actor, but then change him and sculpt him to give him more of a, um, a style. I guess what we called it was a stylized realism. And... Mm. And that way you don't fall in the uncanny valley. That way you have more of a, a, a character that fits his environment because the Guardians, is, the environments are very, uh, I would say, not as realistic as a um, deus ex that we did in the past. So I don't know. That's, so that's where we, we came up with. 
Yeah, I think the environment was was really interesting because they feel um, they feel like alien worlds, which I know sounds like a bit of a silly thing to say in a game set in space. But a lot of games set in space just tend to be humans, but in the future. Whereas all of the planets that you go to in in Guardians, they have that kind of space feel to them. How did you go about trying to create planets that were each you know visually distinct that had their own visual identity um, instead of just being a futuristic mess? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's hard, but the the. The, the best way to create an environment, um, futuristic or non-futuristic, is is by giving it a world, uh, doing world building um, beforehand, which is like in one of our environments, we have these, we call them salt flats, but they're not salt flats, but there's these, I think you saw them in one of the, the trailers, they're all these yellow, almost yes. trees that you walk on. And we, we, we like, we really like the idea of having these because it's part of our art directions to play with shapes and big shapes and have them in your face and, re and repeat them. And, and then we were like playing around with, oh, these would be like big uh, half sphere trees and you're walking on them. But these things actually protect the fauna from the whole storms that are always like, constant on this planet. So when you go underneath these trees, then that's where the real lush environment is. So when you start actually giving like world building, like I was saying, and actually everything has a purpose and a function, then the worlds are credible and you could do the craziest things. You could put like if we did half like big yellow spheres in the, in the world and the player plays in it, but it's credible. So for every planet or city, we would approach it that way. It's uh, um, I won't give all the punches of the environments, but yeah, there's there's a story element to all the visual things you see in in the environments. There's no, there's nothing design. We don't design things just because they look good. <laughs> and I think that's what you were saying earlier. I think people just design things to look good. Then you get in a mess, and there's no purpose, and and then people just put everything on screen. Yeah, there's just you know, neon lights and, and flashing colors and all those kind of things that we associate with the future, but it's hard to imagine someone living there. So it's interesting that the, you guys at Guardians went in that, the opposite direction of let's imagine people living there first and then create something. Yeah. Interesting. And, then, and then who knows, you know, what, like we have planets that are very primitive and then we have planets and, or cities or, or space mm. stations that are super advanced. So. It's it's nice uh, contrast that we have in the game. Absolutely. The worlds also have so much incredible scale to them too. They they feel like whole worlds when you're going through these levels. Was that always yes, sort always. of the design from the beginning? Day one. <laughs> they, uh, we we well, you guys know we work on DSX, and DSX is amazing, but it's also very uh, as as level art as it's very compact and. Mm. It's it's not as epic in a, a grand scale the things when you're in the level, and we we really uh, the first thing when we we wanted epic was one of our keywords. You know you have to even though uh, you're standing on a rock and you you have to see the whole planet or the whole like kilometers long even though you won't go there we have to sell the idea that these worlds are big and and impressive and um, 
just just the fun to be in it because just walking in corridors all the time i mean we had them you have it in in space stations or spaceships but mm -hmm. as soon as you're on a planet you uh, you want that epic scale and the beauty of that is then you can sell your objective you you, you see you're in most of these planets that you're on you see your objective even though you might not know it's your objective if you're looking at a in a weird castle in the background well that's your objective and then you eventually you're gonna go play there so we're, we're driving the player with uh, visual cues that way too one of the most interesting designs is Groot and I know that you uh, explained before that you kind of approach Groot as if he was a mech for Rocket and I know I've seen some of your other mecha work your artwork too and obviously Deus Ex has a lot of uh, you know, a cybernetic aesthetic. I'm, just, I'm, I'm wondering if that played into Guardians. Yeah, a hundred percent. We it was from day one when we look when we saw all the iterations of Groot done in the past and other. Uh, we really wanted to give him our flavor, and I mean, I love Japanese mecha. <laughs> it's like I like I've loved it since I've been a kid. So it was to me this was a you know a really good way to. To find shapes that you wouldn't find normally um, in in a in Groot's design, so we 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 played a lot, and we I mean what you see in the game is actually tame because we did some versions of Groot that are like completely off the hook, but eventually eventually one he became way too bulky and couldn't mm. move and couldn't do the what the gameplay needed, and then another negative side of it he became almost evil and um uh evil looking and when we got the story or when we were doing the story we realized the Groot's a sweetheart you know he's mm -hmm. the nicest one in the group so then you can't visually create something that looks like a, a mecha monster with a, a one that, that he's like a sweet soul so mm. we tamed it down but we kept a lot of um of elements that we found, but just kind of compacted it a little more like on the side of his shoulders, he's got those, he's kind of almost got these like shoulder pads that are completely mecha inspired um, in his in his chest and his, uh, his abdomen too. You got, we, we almost like took the wood like they were plates of armor that you would find on, on robots and mechas. So that's what we came up with. Considering that the audience for the most part is only familiar with these characters from the movies. Did, did you find that you were designing against the movies to try to make something very different? Or did you find you were more like leaning into uh, what people are familiar with? No, it's, uh, <laughs> we went against the grain. Um, I think a, a big motto in, the, in in the studio at Idols Montreal is to break expectations. Mm. Uh, we brought that to to Marvel early on, and we're like, listen, we're we're not making the movie. We're not even making the comic books. Like we looked at the com the art team looked at the comic books early on, maybe in the first few months, and then we're like, okay, and then we put everything aside because to me. Um, even if you don't want to, sometimes your brain and your creative mind can get uh, these ideas or attached to things you saw. So my my idea with all the characters was let's go get inspiration from everything else but the movies and the comic books while keeping that one thing that makes every character. Mm. Like, of course, we won't, 
we weren't going to make a, uh, the characters completely different, but I mean, we had we had a version of Drax that he was just obese, you know, a big fat version of Drax. We tried it, you know, we we went for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we showed Marvel, and it, it was a it shocked them a bit, not not in the bad sense, but then eventually we came up to the, with a realization that it didn't even fit our story either, even though it was mm-hmm. really cool looking. I mean, Drax is supposed to have beaten um, Thanos. And how will the, this guy who can barely walk because he's too fat beat Thanos, you know? So <laughs> it didn't even make sense within our universe. But we tried it. I mean, we I tell all my artists, all my concept artists to to crank the dial. Like if it's a 1 to 10 dial on your sound system, I say crank it to 12. And then we'll bring it back to 8 or 9. You know, I, I rather I rather right off the bat we go crazy and then we bring it back. Because sometimes you grab one little idea of that and that could make your whole design and that what's that's what makes things that's what makes breaking expectations but um we look into everything else like uh fashion design where i was always uh we're always big fans at idos especially with the deus ex franchise so fashion design was was brought back into it mechas like we talked about for for groot um i mean we had a human sized version of rocket at some point really uh, <laughs> It was, it was great. It was just odd, but we tried it. So, you know, you have to try it until, until you have it in front of you. You don't know if it's going to be a good idea or not. So, um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> no, I think that's interesting because one of the things that, all right, obviously Eric and I have both played a little bit of the game. Um, and one of the things that was really interesting in terms of the costume design is how much respect you guys seem to have for the comics, even when you guys produce your own original costumes, a lot of the ones that you unlock are taken from comics and it, you know, the, the creators are credited. There's the full, was the issue number that they were in. There's a lot of respect for the history of these characters, where they come from, other people who've had interpretations of them before. How, how kind of far along into the process did you guys decide that that was going to be something that you were going to focus on when it came to the, the unlockable costumes, making sure that people were, were credited and respected. And... Credited, respected, I think is, I, I think it just goes, I, I don't think we had conversation. I think it's just when the idea came, it's like, we have to do this. It's just, I mean, we're all artists ourselves. And if we don't get credited with something we do, we get mad. <laughs> so we just wanted to pay respects to them. Um, the fact that having alternate costumes to me was just a no brainer too. Um, then it was just the only issue is how many can we produce, you know, because mm. we, we produce so much, but there's still a few left on the table that we just didn't have time to produce. And, and I wish we could have done them all, but the gardens have existed for a lot longer than people. Yeah. And there are a lot of alternate costumes and stuff like that. So I think we got the major ones in there, the, the cool ones. We got some little funny ones and some original ones too. And then we got ours. Um, like I said, yeah. From the the comics, I know that you said that it, it it was something you looked at a lot early and then sort of put to the side. Um, but is there anything specifically from the comics you can point to as like an inspiration or where people can go to after they've played the game if they want more of this kind of thing? It, that's hard to say because the comics to us were just to understand. Uh, as I'm not talking about the narrative team, I'm talking more about the art team here. Yeah. It's just to understand what the key features on every character were. Mm. And 
like you can like Star Lord, you can boil it down to I mean his jacket. I think if you look at a lot of his versions and the key and the ones that the people know the most, the red on his jacket has become more iconic. So we knew that his jacket. I mean, I did a yellow version of Star Lord and we loved it, but then we're like, but this is not Star Lord. And when we just turned the jacket red, we're like, oh, it's Star Lord. So it's weird how these things work, but for him, it was that. I mean, um, Rocket, well, Rocket was pretty easy. Like I said, he's, he's, <laughs> he's that. But um, Drax were the tattoos. You know, you can't have Drax without the tattoos and, and Gamora the face paint we realized weirdly like it might not but the face paint is super uh, in every version of her she has a version of a face paint mm. so we made it ours but we knew that she had to have it you can have a bare bare face version of, of gamora but to for in like for fans to show what we did i don't know i guess they'd have to play uh I guess these characters could work in a Deus Ex almost. If they, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all. I mean, me and uh, and Fred and uh, and Nick, uh, two other concept artists, we designed pretty much all the characters, and we're all veterans of the franchise. So, other developers that have worked with Marvel in the past have always described how um, how open they are with the de developer team and how much they like share resources back and forth what what was your experience like working with marvel amazing um i was a little worried at first because i've been in the industry for a long time and i was in the industry when <laughs> i don't know if you remember when licensed games were horrible mm. uh <laughs> when and when you heard uh horror stories of studios making them and um uh, marvel was just a joy to work with they they gave us so much freedom and they gave us so much not like extra knowledge of what the guardians were and they would help us. Uh, they gave us a huge catalogs of characters we could use. Um, they would suggest characters like we would make our, our, um, our let's say we would make our own uh, monster for our game or one of the enemies. And it was an original take, but when we'd go then in our, uh, I guess our, our weekly meetings with Marvel, we would show them. And they'd be like, oh, this kind of looks like this, uh, this, this monster from this issue of X-Men or whatever, like in 1972, because they're so, they've got it all in their heads. Mm. And then, and then they'd be like, yeah, let's call it that. You know, they could be that version of the monster. It makes sense. Then we're like, and then we're like, okay, well, we got credibility now for a monster that is actually a Marvel monster. And some, they would let us also just make our own. And they were so happy with, they, they, they now use it in their lore for other things, it's all in their mm. data bank. So it was a really nice cooperative um, a cooperative thing. They would, uh, and they were, they're the key holders to, to all the Marvel characters and it's important that we pay respect to them. And um, I think we, we did it with respect in our own and they appreciated it the way that we did it. As an artist, do you think that there were opportunities you had with the game and with these characters that the films either haven't done or, or just can't do because of the medium? Yeah. Uh, I think, I think what the films do really well is, is character building. Um, I think that's what a movie is about. Um, I think we do it also, but what we do is, like I said earlier, is world building is uh, in the movies, they go on these planets, but these planets are rarely explained. They're rarely, oops, my cat is, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> 
rarely explained, rarely shown, even in its, its uh, in size. And what we had time to do is um, really have you have time in these environments to, that we could show and show and tell stories with these environments and uh, understand more of the lore uh, of the Guardians of the Galaxy by it could be by visual world building, it could be by narrative world building by little codexes here and stuff like that or you know so i think you have a lot more time in a game to spend in these worlds and understand and if you want to learn more about it the narrative team did great jobs in the in the in the menus to explain all these things and the props and all everything so i would say that would be the biggest difference uh what about the characters that aren't aren't the guardians who who uh in the in the cast um who are some of your favorite characters or or were there characters that you wanted to do um that didn't make it into the game oh my favorite character by far is mantis mm -hmm. i think uh i don't know if you've seen her if you're at if you've yeah she's I mean, not even just on a visual standpoint, I'm just talking about acting wise. She's amazing. Like, uh, I, I think uh, she, she, she's hilarious. I, I, I've never laughed out loud so much at a game as I did during this game. Like, even, and even replaying sections, and Mantis is always making me laugh. Her, her, her bubbly personality and everything. I, I love the character. And uh, visually, I love what we did with it. And, we even pushed some things with her that you rarely see in the game, but I thought were cool, like how her knives come out of her and actually create a, a mantis-like pot, like a hand. Um, I think we showed once in the game, but that was like weeks of research for a concept artist. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so there are a lot of little cool ideas like that. But yeah, mantis is number one for sure. I think one, one we created our own is uh, is Cami is uh, is our. Uh, space alpaca i don't know what they call her uh, kind of in the game but uh, mm. the, mm. what kicks off our game i think she i think it's a, a really cool creature that shows emotion in weird ways and uh is there throughout the game just for funny bits so i was really happy there's other ones i don't know where you guys are at the game i don't want to give too many punches to the fans but uh there is a big big one towards the end that i love I won't say what it is, but it's green and it's awesome. <laughs> Good tease. I, I'm also curious about the music, just because you know Guardians is is really unique in that the the soundtrack is is t tied to you know Star Lord so specifically, and because so much of the music is diegetic. I I guess uh, from the art team, is there anything about marrying the the design and the music and the art that was that was unique? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that, that the music inspired. Well, the art inspired the music in the sense that um, when we came up with the idea of Star-Lord being a band uh, that Peter liked, and then he took his name, he, he took the Star-Lord name to be his cosmic name, that, that came from the art team. That came from me uh, and back in the day, at the early days, and then we pitched it to the creative director. He loved it. And then as soon as Steve, our audio director, he's like, oh man, we could make a full album. We could, it'd be amazing, you know? Uh, and then he rolled with it. And then coming back to us and, and then all these 80s influences come to us. So 
that influenced all of how he uh, Star Lord dresses in our game. I mean, he's this big '80s metal influences. Uh, you play him as a—it's not a spoiler because it's in the first minutes of the game—but you play him as a kid, also as a, what he looked like and all the '80s uh, '80s influence. I mean, his creating his room was a blast to me. Like to be forty, like growing up in the '80s, all the like just the nostalgia and and what he like with the music all the bands and the, the posters we put in there we did fake ones we did real ones um yeah the music was a big big part of uh, of our game uh but yeah it was a it was a big influence uh, both ways i think mm. yeah what's what what's a marvel character or a team that you'd like to tackle for another video game if I had my choice, I think it'd be for nostalgia's sake because I was a big X-Men fan. So I think I'd love to make an X-Men game, a nice uh, full ensemble X-Men game. Nice. Yeah. There hasn't been one. Well, there's been, no, they're never pure X-Men games, but yeah. No, there's been a couple of Wolverines. Yeah, there's the, the Insomniac that announced Wolverine. But I, I do like a full-on, like the, the original mm -hmm. five members, you know, not Wolverine. I love Wolverine, but the original five members, I would love that. They'd be great. They're all so different. They all have different powers. We'll see. <laughs> Watch this space. <laughs> yeah, just following on from the, the thing with the music, because that was one of the most interesting things for me in the game. It's not just that it uses music so well, it's that it's so, um, I suppose, self-aware. It knows it's being silly. It doesn't pick big epic songs. It picks Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go in the middle of boss battles. As an art team, knowing that when you have this big epic fight against um, Lady Hellbender, George Michael's going to start playing, that must allow you to have a lot of fun with you know, designing the scenes. There must be a bit of leeway to push limits a bit more than you would on maybe a more serious game like uh, Deus Ex. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, the, the, the quirkiness, the, the, the fun aspect, we call it more the Marvel aspect of it, mm -hmm. is uh, liberated us a lot from old, uh, from, from old franchises that we were a little more serious. I mean, we all had to adjust. You know, we, we all came from um, Deus Ex. We were all veterans of the, of the brand. And then we're given a, a Marvel title that is like the key word is like fun and, and stuff. Mm. We're like uh, and quirky and, and especially like maybe some Marvel licenses are a little more serious, but the Guardians of the Galaxy do not take themselves seriously like at all. Even the like the group itself is, is not serious. They have a hard time being an actual band <laughs> of superheroes, you know. So. Uh, playing around with that in every aspect, even in the visual sides of it, is uh, that you could we could hide, not hide, but we could like uh, put some of these elements in our designs. Uh, like we were talking about, Cami having a space llama. I mean, that's that's weird. <laughs> that's just weird. <laughs> that, that at the beginning of your game and is is one of the cataclysms of the the whole thing, and then. Um, also for our alien design, I think when we're talking about just like quirky and weird and stuff and fun, that was another big thing. Because you can have alien games or movies, 
that take their designs very seriously and are um, they try to make them as realistic as possible. But yeah. I mean, I, what I was telling our concept artists was, were no, 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 we we want to be like think out of the box, like. And then he'd come up with like a man in a spacesuit, but his head is a bunch of of like. Uh, eels like swimming around in it um <laughs> what else oh yeah we have a, a big kind of almost like a dwarf like looking alien that he just has like one eyeball he has no mouth well we have no idea how he eats but that's all he you know it's just one <laughs> eyeball that turns around and uh, we had so much fun with the creating the aliens and and i think that is uh definitely comes from the quirkiness of the brand and and all that stuff oh absolutely when you do the X Men game, that'll be more uh, more serious. Than the <laughs> yeah, yeah, first. If, 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 yeah, <laughs> that would be more. Uh, yeah, that would be a little more in the going back to the Deus Ex roots, I guess. Uh, well, the the game comes out next week. Stacy and I are both having a blast with it. So, um, thanks a lot, Bruno. Oh, you're welcome. Where are you guys at? Are you almost towards the end, or? Uh, I am in chapter eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm in chapter 11, so I'm a little bit further on. Yeah, okay, you guys are cool. I'm really glad you like it. I can't wait I'm to really see, uh, can't wait to see what people think about it. It's been uh, it's been like a four and a half, almost five years of production. <laughs> it's it's stressful to have a game coming out and just wondering what the people think of it. Yeah, I I think people are going to dig it a lot. It's a uh, it it's exciting. If nothing else, yeah. it's an exciting yeah. game People to play. Like games that don't take themselves seriously as well. They they like games that are having as much fun being played as they are playing them. Yeah, there's enough serious games on the market. You know, we need we need more fun and laughing and absolutely adventures like that. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks so much, Bruno. Oh, you're welcome. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Gamer Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we won't have a regular episode. Instead, we'll be airing a full-length interview with Jordan Thomas, game designer you might know as the architect of Fort Frolic from Bioshock. He's got a game called The Blackout Club that's been running for several years. So come back next week to hear that chat. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. That helps us a lot. Also, you can get in touch with me on Twitter. I'm at Epic Schweitzer, and come tell me how you're enjoying the show. Next week. <laughs>